Hi, this is Helen, and thank you for joining me for a cup of teal. Teal is shorthand for the future of work. It means bringing your whole self to work, a focus on purpose and self-management. And this podcast is a chat over a cup of tea with the people who are making this happen in health, care and public services. Stories of self-management in action. Can an organisation become kinder and more efficient? This is the conversation that I've just had with Sarah Maguire, CEO of Choice Support. And we talk about the work that they've been doing around self-management and why it's so important it's not called self-management. Introducing courageous leadership from Brené Brown and the impact of Dare to Lead and how sprints have helped them start to remove what's getting in the way of them doing their best work. Sarah, it's lovely to finally have a chance to chat with you on this podcast about the changes that you're seeing as CEO of Choice Support. So welcome, Sarah. Lovely to be here. Thanks for asking, Helen. Thank you. So we've been working together for over a year now, myself and my colleagues, Ben, Emily and Michelle. And last time we caught up, just a few weeks ago, you said something that really made me pause you said you feel like the organisation is becoming kinder. And honestly, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that before. So the work that we've been exploring is you'd already started a prototype team uh, in one of your operational teams. We have been working with you around sprints, starting off with, with head office and expanding from there. And you also sent two cohorts, two lots of your colleagues and obviously yourself as well, on the Dare to Lead course. So Sarah, tell us about the organisation becoming kinder. It, it's it's kind of hard to know really where, where to start, but I think at the heart of all of the changes that we're trying to make is people are moving from a place of meeting, meeting, meeting to conversation. And I think it's in those conversations that, that people are spending time with each other in a different way now now COVID-19 has helped us and using things like Teams and Zoom um, has helped us but I think people are, are, are spending more time understanding each other and have got to know each other in, in a very different way. I think there are some things that we've done that have perhaps been quite conscious so going on the Dare to Lead programme and listening to Brandy Brown's work and talking more about honesty, about how we feel about things, about being vulnerable, thinking about, I suppose, how we bring our whole selves to work. And that's been a dialogue I think we've been trying to have for a very long time, whether that's in uh, articles that people have written in Connect through some of the vlogs that I might do. And I think trying to to focus things in. So so again, when I again, COVID-19 has has really helped. But one of the things that really struck me, we we have calls every or during the height of the pandemic, it was every morning at at, at sort of, you know, before nine o'clock. But we've kept as a extended group of senior managers and heads of department. We still meet every Wednesday and people don't want to stop meeting. And that's not just because they haven't got something you know better to do with their time. It's because people are really coming out of working in silos 
and actually care quite deeply um, about, about their colleagues. And we held um, a reflection, um, it, was, it was last week, looking at um, looking back on the year and, uh, and what we have achieved. And some of this was written in, in, into a piece that we had for a submission for, uh, some, for something else we were doing. And actually, as each person spoke, I don't think they expected it, but people became quite emotional and became quite choked because people themselves were starting to talk and they, they were saying, you know, I feel that, you know, we are a kind of place. We don't judge people in the ways that we used to. We do try and take more time now to, to you know, to, to listen to our colleagues and help each other. And so I suppose, you know, that, that, that there's a whole range of things, you know, Helen, from the, the dare to leave work, from being clear about why do we come to work? The why question, what is it that we're here to do? So spending more time as an organisation, thinking about our purpose. And so coming back to at the end of the day, we're here, we're a, an organisation who's here to serve people and we're run by people. And actually, if we can't be kind to each other, we're probably not going to be that kind to the people that we're supporting. Thank you. And the most recent piece of work I was doing with some of your colleagues um, last week and and the previous couple of weeks was hosting and facilitating a design team exactly around the work that you've just been talking about. How can we support colleagues to really reflect on their personal purpose, the purpose of the organisation, what their values are, how their values show up at work and what behaviours you'd expect to see if we were living our values. And so as an organization, you've been thinking about your purpose and values for quite a while now, but it feels like it's coming together in a different way. How, how are you seeing that? I think we're there now in terms of our purpose, which we've defined collectively as creating opportunities for happiness. And one of the, the really pleasing uh, pieces of work, which has happened really recently, was we held a session with our trustees. So at a board level now, we spent some time talking about, well, you know, what is the why question? Why are we here? Why, why do people want to be trustees? Why come to an organisation like Choice Support? And then really thinking through, you know, what is our purpose? And how do we make sure that we don't just say the words, that actually they have some kind of meaning and, and putting that into action? And one of the things that we agreed in our practical meetings, but this morning as, as a group, we've agreed that we will be starting our meetings, all meetings, and that will extend to, to board meetings and we'll, we'll flow that throughout the organisation to remind ourselves why we're here. And, you know, it's not here just to get the job done but to actually think about the purpose and, and everything that we do on our meetings and their outcomes and their actions, decisions, they should all be getting us closer to the purpose. So we will restate our purpose and what it means as a reminder at the start of all meetings so that we're not just paying lip service. It's not just something that we write in a strategy. What I think has been helpful from the board of, of, of trustees through the organisation, when I look at um, the five year strategic plan that we're building at the moment, I can see that that's what it's based on. So one of the things I was so pleased about were the trustees had picked one of our top five priorities. And one of them is about campaigning for rights for people that we support. And I think all of that has really come from all of the work that we've been doing about refocusing the organisation, trying to make sure. So it's not just saying that we believe people we support should make decisions. 
not just saying that the most important asset we have are support staff. They're easy to say, but if we're actually true to that, the work that we've done in some areas, particularly up in Wakefield, where the feedback we're now getting from staff teams is, we do believe that we're important. We do believe that our voice is heard and we do feel that the skills and assets and talents that we have, we're able to bring them all and show them and, and, and really make a huge difference, not just within our staff teams, with each other, with the people we support, with their families, but, but the communities that, that, that people work in. And that's, that's I think, has been just a, a real privilege to be able to, to listen and watch and, and kind of learn from the experience of those groups who have been through a process of really thinking about the purpose. What is it? You know, why, why are they here? What are they trying to achieve? Their values and then looking at that in terms of then the behaviours. And that, I think, is serving us well in terms of learning what we need to do more for the future. Thank you, because I know, Sarah, that we've really wrestled around what kind of language to use to describe the work that you've just alluded to in Wakefield. And I know that, you know, earlier on in the year, we were talking about self-managing teams and talking about teams with greater autonomy. But it all feels like it's gone right back to purpose and values and how do we live our purpose and values and what ways of organising ourselves and truly listening to people support that. So on one hand, we were describing this as your prototype for, for self-management, but it's really become something bigger and different. And I know that um, people had the opportunity to share what they were doing and trying with the trustees recently. What, what did you notice from that? Again, if I could kind of turn the clock back and, and mm. start my conversations again, I'd never have used the word self-management or self-direction because I think it's set all sorts of hairs of, mm. you know, hairs running and people you know, feeling that this was going to be completely sort of wild, unmanaged process or people feeling, goodness, this is just about dumping a load of responsibility that used to sit with managers Mm -hmm. on other people in an organisation when actually it was none of those things. It was really about looking, you know, at autonomy. So for all of us, you know, over the years, we have built up so much bureaucracy and process uh, within organisations. You know, there's reasons for that but but actually when you strip all of that back there is so much that people you know good people who come to us for the right reasons with the right values who you know who are intelligent caring thoughtful people if you set the scene and you support people and are clear about parameters people can get on with so much stuff leaving other people to get on with other things letting people play them to their skills and their talents so we are talking now and it isn't just within our services um, for people that we support whether that's in our back office central service teams is about you know giving people the right levels you know of autonomy and I, I shouldn't really be using saying it's not about giving so it's trying to stop this top down because mm-hmm. one of the things I've really learned is that it doesn't matter how much a CEO I may wish things to be so me asking or uh, for things to be so doesn't achieve it and what I can see so clearly in the work that's happened in Wakefield is that a process of discussion, of negotiation, of, of, of teams working it out with themselves in safe places with support we've had, Helen, you and your team and other managers and, and staff and all different people in choice support. That's that's what's made the change. That's what's made the difference. And so it's. I think it's a real, you kind of get this stuff by doing it. 
Um, you don't get it by sort of writing it in a massive big plan. Not, you know, we, we do have plans and we, we have got ideas and it, it's not a it's not a free for all, but it's very different. It doesn't look like a, the, way, the way that I suppose that we're working, the way that we're learning. We are sensing and we are changing and responding to things as we come over them. So I would definitely avoid words like self-direction, uh, self-management, and perhaps better describe what it is that we're trying to do. Those people who are closest to people who are supported, for them to have the, the, the autonomy to do the things that they need to do. Absolutely. It's about decision making, being as close to people um, as possible. People make decisions about their lives that they um, are able to and teams are able to organise support around what people want but it's not just the operation staff is it you've engaged in a a significant number of sprints with all of the different teams at at head office was it 12 13 14 different teams even more (laughs) yeah (laughs) even more I think and again that was interesting so again one of the things that we knew very early on was about how do we get to a place where people can come to work do their best job in a way that the bureaucracy and process that we've built up over the years, they're free of that. You know, we're not saying that people, like I said, I keep using the word of of free for all or wild west. It will be nothing like that, but a place where people understand what it is that their team are responsible for. What are the sort of the boundaries in a way or the parameters where they can be free to make the decisions they need to make? And then where does that butt up against another team? So we need to go and talk and negotiate. And a model that, that, that we used, Helen, we obviously was one that you helped introduce. So if we think, you know, what is a sprint? It, it's a short period of time where people will pick up on the things that are getting in their way or, or the tensions um, that they have to deal with. And they will commit to finding ways to, to overcome that. Now, one of the things that we found initially, and I was guilty of this as well, people were sort of reluctant, I think, to look at their own teams. It was more about, well, if it wasn't that team, if they only were doing something different, life would be much better. And it took us a little while for the penny to drop that actually to start off with, we need to look at our own team. Are we working in the best ways that we can? And so going through a process of teams thinking about themselves, coming up with agreements, and they could be quite short, but how they were going to work. And they could be very simple things, often things that I think are perhaps implicit or unsaid, but really restating things. Uh, to say as a team, these are our agreements, these are our rules, and we're going to check in on them and make sure that we are behaving in these ways. And from there, then we moved into a series of sprints where each team really focused in on something that was getting in their way. For a lot of people, it was time. They didn't have enough time to do stuff so how could they change communication came up so many times that that we're not communicating as well within our teams Uh, we had other teams who really wanted to think about the way that they were working and how they could help one of our other big questions about getting decision making as close to people that we support as possible so there was just so many different problems that people had but what was amazing is that is that what people achieved in eight weeks when we came back and we looked and we celebrated and again there was just I think people were quite surprised that you know something that had been a real problem things like you know saying no people had found different ways through and some people were clearly um, they were so animated and, and quite rightly proud 
of what they've managed to achieve. Because again, remember, you know, they've got busy, busy jobs, business as usual, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so where we are now, what's been nice to see is that some people have taken that idea of, of a sprint. It doesn't need to be over eight weeks. It could be done in three days. And that actually happened recently with an operational team and our payroll team where they had something, they got it sorted and, and they did that themselves. They don't need other people, uh, other people's permission. They kind of took that way of working and thinking to come to a really good solution. So where we are now is, is, is looking at, certainly with the director's team, we're identifying um, what are our next tensions? What are the next areas? Because these are all the things that, they're, they're the things that are getting in our way. Mm -hmm. So making some time to solve them helps us longer term. Sarah, I, I so clearly remember uh, a couple of meetings where, as you say, we were wrestling with some pressure to say, actually, our biggest challenge is we work on silos, so we should be doing work together. Um, and the resistance to, to stopping and saying, how are we working together as a team? And yeah. if we start there, might some different things happen so as you said and actually it was your idea I remember it really clearly that coming out of of dare to lead and um, where Brenny talks about boundaries and how important it is to be clear with each other about what your expectation is that every team did their team agreements to get that embedded and specific and then going into sprints where we ask a simple question what's getting in the way of you doing your best work, each team choosing the top thing that they believe was getting in the way, and then over eight weeks introducing different practices. And you, you gathered data, didn't you, as well, to check whether you were making the changes that you want to make. We but I'm did. stunned yeah. that you, um, as a team, decided, oh, not stunned the right word? I'm <laughs> deeply impressed that um, as a, a senior leadership team, you have been wrestling with team meetings and have been coached in tactical meetings tell us about that Sarah yeah I, I think there is you know and some of it is about this time thing and some of it again goes back to where we started our conversation about about being honest about trying to model and trying to walk the walk so as a, as a leadership team we were just spending a long time talking that's you know probably not helped by me because I do like to talk um so yeah we talked for hours and it was really interesting but often we weren't making decisions uh, and often some of the talking as nice as it was we actually didn't have the time and so uh, again we asked um a member of your team Michelle to come in and, and really coach us through what's a tactical meeting so every Friday now we have a meeting it's chaired by one of our directors it's not chaired by me because actually I'm, I'm probably not the best person to, to chair a tactical meeting um, we have somebody who records it but the way it works it's very structured and it's a way that we are able to to raise tensions or raise an issue uh, another way of looking at it and get a decision very quickly. So you can't bring everything to a tactical meeting. So what we've done is we've thought, well, okay, on Friday, these are things that we can, that are short, that we can say what the issue is, perhaps present our solution and ask our colleagues to say yes or no. And then other things that need more discussion, because again, you're not spending hours discussing things, would go to perhaps our monthly meetings where again, we will have more time. Now this morning, we, I don't know, we got through, made about 10, 11, possibly more decisions because people are, are asked as part of the meeting to, to put into, we are doing it on uh, using Teams. You type in, you know, what, what, what's the issue you want talking about? 
a couple of minutes to explain it and then you get a yes or a no. If you're going into big discussion, the facilitator stops it, it has to go somewhere else. And it is really incredible to see what we are getting through very quickly. But the meeting also does allow you, the way that we start the meeting, so again, we're encouraging um, people to, to sometimes talk about something that's gone really well. So again, I hadn't fully understood why you might want to do some of those things, but clearly it is about getting people in a, in a positive headspace to start the meeting. We do very short, perhaps breathing exercises, or again, just something just to sort of ground us a little bit more and you know we're here we've got an hour and a half and we really are going to get through business you know we're not cutting corners we don't bring things to the meeting that require more discussion but we do bring those things that we can if we if we're focused it's been a revelation I have to say in each meeting we're getting stronger and stronger what was really helpful is that the person who is chairing our meetings she got some coaching in how to do that and some feedback um, from one of your team, Michelle, and that was really helpful. But now we're sort of flying on our own. And what we what we thought this morning is, you know, we say, well, how can how can we share this with with other people in the organisation? Or we could share our the actions, you know, the decisions that we've made. But maybe we'll record sessions and, and again put them up on the team sites so that people can see us in action. You know, warts and all. It won't be perfect. You know, you're going to see us making mistakes in in terms of you know how how we're trying to manage the meeting but but hopefully people will will also see that you can achieve in terms of making decisions a huge amount in a quite a short space of time in a way that's still in line with the purpose of the organization and that kind caring ethos without six hours of conversation Sarah that's a lovely place to end our conversation for now which is you can both be kind and really effective in making decisions. And I love the notion of the transparency that you're introducing now by sharing with your colleagues, your process for making decisions and the decisions that you make. And as you've just said, recognizing that you're not gonna get it right all the time, but, but that kind of leadership and vulnerability is part of what I've noticed over the last year from you and many of your colleagues, Sarah. So thank you so much. And I hope we can come back in a few months time and hear what you're doing next. Absolutely, love to, Helen. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your reflections. Please tweet me, I'm at Helen at WB Teams. This podcast is a companion to Open Teams. On this podcast, we share the voices and stories of pioneering organizations in health, care, and public services. And on Open Teams, you can see the documents that they're using. Have a look at openteams.co.uk. And if you're interested in wellbeing teams, please come and find me on LinkedIn, where I share a weekly two-minute film, or my blog site, ellensanderson.net. And finally, if you're interested in self-management and need some support along the way, I'd love to hear from you. I'm at helen at wellbeingteams.org. Thank you.